0: Scotty, come on. It's been two weeks. Are you going to let me out of the closet? Scotty. (sighs) Scotty, come on. I've been hidden for a long time. You know, it's not funny anymore. You know, you you said come do a podcast with me and I'll get you a really great studio set up. But I've been locked away in the room now for, for it's like going on two weeks. This is not funny anymore. Let me out. Come on. Oh, uh, oh, oh, go on then. You can come out for
1: 30 minutes, just 30, and if you upset me at all during that time, you're
0: straight back in. Okay, here I come. Okay, let me put on my headphones and and step up to the the studio quality (laughs) mic. Scotty, how are you? It's so so good to be on the air with you. <laughs> I have been looking forward to this my whole life. <laughs> Your whole life, my
1: word! And I thought I thought you'd led an exciting life,
0: but there we are. <laughs> how wrong I was! Actually, Scotty, Scotty, I have been leading an exciting life. You know what I got to do yesterday? I have no idea, but I'm sure I'm about to find out. That doesn't sound like like that. Oh, actual... sorry.
1: Let me let me redo that again. John, John, I cannot wait to find
0: out. <laughs> Okay, Scotty, I got. To I'm vi- doing
1: my best here.
0: It's not bad. Come on. Okay, it's okay. It was so I can tell you pitch up your voice. so I can tell the contrition is there. But anyway, uh, no, I, I got to go visit the the one of the the DVD fulfillment hubs for Netflix. You know, this Friday is the very very last DVD will be mailed out in the United States, um, and it's kind of fascinating. I mean, it's it's, it's fascinating just because I. I love hardware and I love custom robotic machines and they built some really cool stuff for, for stuffing, you know, DVDs into envelopes or to removing DVDs and not only to keep them sorted, but to be able to, uh, you know, uh, figure out if, if one's damaged or not using optical scanning or even vibrations to be able to tell if something's cracked, for example. Uh, And so they're able to, you know, these machines, each of which they're actually manufactured by a British company, but they were programmed in America and, and there was a collaboration on the hardware Um, And these things are whatever, I guess the, the DVD service used to be done with manual stuffing. I can't remember when they actually switched over to machines. It's been a while. And it's utterly fascinating to watch because, you know, I just, I like machines, but also I like the rhythm of the machines. I have some video uh, and it's just, it's really cool. And I was asking, him was like, hey, can you, can you change the speed? He's like, why would we want to do that? There's an optimum speed. like, that's for the rhythm. Look, you know, you can be composing music with this. So that itself was, was fun. But the other thing I thought was really interesting is, you know, error handling and kind of comparing error rates because I was saying to the, the, the plant manager there, it's like, you know, I was asking kind of what the what the defect rate was, or or what the 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 rate of any mistake, for instance, like for you know somebody orders a, a you know My Little Pony and they get Texas Chainsaw Massacre instead. It's like that's exceptionally rare, you know, especially since they started with with machine short- sorting, machine sorting. Um, and I was saying it's like wow, you know, that's an enviable failure rate. I'm not so certain if we always hit that in the world of software, but you know. It, it was really cool. I just I love seeing software and hardware working together in that in that fashion. And it was also just you know uh, a sad moment to to know that somebody is going to be the the last recipient of the last DVD.
1: I have to say I'm flabbergasted. I had no idea the DVD service was still running mm. at all. I mean maybe it's only in the US. I'm pretty sure it doesn't run here anymore. It, it
0: is only in the US. Um, and uh, if, if, and I think one of the reasons why the whole thing worked is because they they realized that. You know what takes a lot of time in in you know getting something there the next day for the the regular cost of a first class postage for an envelope, which I you know it's varied in price. I you know what it is now, but it's thirty nine cents or something like that. And, and during the heyday, it was less. But in order for them to be able to do that and and get the you know if you just drop an arbitrary envelope into the mail somewhere, it's going to take the amount of time it's going to take. But most of the delay is in collecting it, bring it to a sorting facility doing the sorting um, and then getting it off you know but at some point Netflix was like the number 5 customer of the US postal service which is pretty damn big if you consider that the federal government sending out you know tax forms or credit card mailers or things like that so they were a major customer and the way that they were able to assure the the speed is that they had very sophisticated sorting so they gave the boxes all pre-sorted with the local routes and so really all that had to happen is 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 they deliver them to the postal service the postal service could then put them directly on the the outbound trucks already pre-sorted by the route they 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 cooperated and and figured that out and so once they were able to do that uh, you could effectively get overnight delivery which is pretty amazing that's what what made the magic of it and you know it's the there was a New York Times article. I can send that link, and and as is general, kind of what the discussion is, and is is. Where the the real action is, and, and there were people who in two camps. You know, some people were saying it's like I live out in the middle of nowhere. There's no internet service, and so you know I, I can't do streaming even if I wanted to, and I kind of don't want to because I like the you know arbitrary. I, I like the 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 obscure German cinema that I can get because everything that's possibly available on DVD was available on Netflix, and that's not the case for streaming. Many of these titles simply aren't available on streaming services anywhere, and if they are then you know that's on a two-month run here and it switches to someone else and 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 so that we don't like that um, and then a lot of people were saying well it's like why why can't they just sell it or leave it going but I think the the problem people may not understand is that the magic of of doing it and getting what what for a long time was instant gratification my god any DVD pretty much the next day for eight dollars a month which is an amazing value proposition was possible because of the multiple hubs because it wasn't just one there were there were several of them and the amount of overhead and coordination so yes there are still you know some loyal fans but they dwindled to a point where it would not be possible to maintain the magic so the decision was made and i think correctly so to be able to it's better to to kind of exit when you're on a high note then then let it dwindle and, and kind of get worse and worse over time well that's uh, that's been really fascinating I have to say John you have you have impressed me with that little
1: story a little bit of nostalgia there do you do you know what else I'm nostalgic about John what are you nostalgic about the days when I gave a shit about hardware and software releases <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, wow. Okay. So I mean, you don't care about your software release or the new version? <laughs> no, 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 of Mac no. That's not no, full run. Yeah. It's, uh, you yeah. know, since we
1: last spoke, which was about three weeks ago, maybe, I think, something like that, it's, uh, you know, there's been the iPhone announcement. There's been you know, the release of iOS 17. There's been the release of uh, Mac OS Sonoma. And I'm going to be blunt. None of them have interested me in the slightest. Now they can be wrong. I think actually, when it comes to technology releases of Swift and Xcode, they're they're actually pretty fascinating these days. And and the tools we get to see that we can eventually use when we can support the new print systems are good. But the, the days of clamouring over you know the next camera update, effectively, or yeah. The, the, you know the next set of minor changes in ios or whatever i just realized that it doesn't excite me anymore i just I, I still haven't even watched the iphone 15 announcement i just haven't bothered i've just read a few reviews and whatever else and decided i'm not getting one and you know and it, and i just felt a little bit sad i think about earlier today it's just it's a little bit sad that that sort of like this period of excitement uh That used to be there for me is is no longer there, and it's you know something that is now now missing from my life, and I and I don't know if I'm alone in that. You know, I'm just like Mr. Grumpy Pants now, or whether um you know or or whether that's just the nature of a a mature business where we've gone to evolution rather than revolution.
0: I think it's a little bit of both. I think for one thing, yes. I think if I have the opportunity to affirm that you are grumpy pants, I can absolutely say that's the case. You know, I can also say that I I share kind of the diminishing excitement because it's hard to, to... with every year that passes, are you going to make something that is wildly, you know, new? It's like it's it is a strong evolution. I I think it is amazing how much you know how much better they are able to make things. And and these days, you know, for me, the big difference is the camera. And honestly, the thing that's the most exciting, you know, for for budding cinematographers is the is the fifteen max pro, uh, fifteen pro max because it has that you know hardware telephoto lens. But the other big thing is that. Um, with USB-C, that that device, this thing that fits in your pocket, is is just getting pretty remarkably close to to what you, you you know used to pay tens of thousands of dollars of you know famous red camera you know which was you know the 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 4K cameras that could you know that 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 a human being could could buy. I mean, there it's nothing for a studio and certainly an avid you know an avid prosumer wouldn't necessarily do it but you could imagine shooting a film on that and and and, and there's no developing cost none of the you know none of these other things so that you can have this thing in your pocket, which you can connect to a USB C. It has power and it completely streams live to to some storage medium. That that's kind of amazing. Um, uh, and- don't get me wrong. I think
1: I think the devices are incredible, and what you get in the phone now, particularly optics wise and camera wise, is, is 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 absolutely stunning. Um, but you know, and and you know, the phone has become the camera in our pocket, and you know, it's pretty safe to say. That the average person takes a thousand times more photos in their life now than they would have done, uh, you know fourteen years ago before m- mobile phones became, you know, uh, uh, smartphones became, you know, uh, everydayish. Uh, but at the same time, you have to ask yourself the question: you know, it, it is the camera they take every year is getting better. Um, is is the main update? And you know, it's faster. You know, I, I'm still on an I, I'm still on an iPhone 12 Pro. And, you know, for what I use, a few vacation snaps, you know, picture of my breakfast, all the normal stuff that people do, um, you know, the camera is still pretty darn good. And, you know, I, I, um, I, I question myself, and the phone is still pretty fast. The only problem I with my 12 Pro is battery life, but I can get a new battery for 79 bucks to put in that if I feel like it. And, you know, it does make me think, you know, you know, I used to get the new phone every year just because I wanted to, just because I'm in the industry uh I obviously stopped that a few years ago now, as I can tell someone at twelve still. Um and it's like uh you know can I really justify, and can the average person really justify, spending twelve hundred bucks uh every year on a effectively a camera? If you bought if you went out and spent twelve hundred bucks on a camera, you would not replace it every single year. yet yeah, we seem to feel that that is fine in phones. May be, and maybe, in fact, probably the reality is the majority of people don't replace their phone every year. But probably I'm far more normal in replacing my phone every two or three years. Uh, and it's only like within our, our tech industry we do. But it is, you yeah. know, there is, as a developer, there is nothing in this phone that I need to give a shit about. Um. So, you know, I'm not saying it's not a great device. So um, there's nothing really in iOS that I need to really care about. Um. Yes, there are some new APIs. I can't use those until I support those level. That's going to be a couple of years, so I'll spend my time. I'll get to know them, be ready in time. So I'm just saying, this whole time of year, which used to be like the most exciting time of year in a way, maybe the second most exciting after WWDC, it just feels now. It's like it's not even an event in my life, and I just felt a little bit sad about that. And I'm not saying that's you know wrong or you know, it just it just felt a you know. I, Look back on the days when I was excited, and just think, "Well, that was
0: nice." It's the least wonderful time of the year. Can <laughs> it's I something like that anyway? Can I complain? <laughs> anyway, generally...
1: you've, you've probably bought an iPhone fifteen, and you're probably really excited, and, and you're sort of like trying to not be Mister Wet My Pants because you're so excited by it.
0: Uh, no, <laughs> first of all, I don't even wear pants. Certainly not for for this. <laughs> that is true. Not while not while you're in the closet, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the closet with pants. <laughs> There's the title, but uh, no, I, I did get the new one um, for for selfish reasons. Partly, I justify it is that I do the trade in thing, so you know, basically that 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 effectively halves the 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 cost. I do do lots of video. I mean, uh, people who know me know I do that. I do it for 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 fun, for snark video things. Certainly, you know, do it to help my wife, but but also I do it probably more than anything else for work. Uh, and especially now, having, having you know, th- there was a big change that happened with, with cameras, and that was, you know, a, a hardware image stabilization. Well, whatever, dedicated hardware for running the software for, for doing it. But it makes all the difference in the world. You know, I, I do make lots of screen movies, and that's great because it's recording directly to the device. You don't have to worry about it. You could be flipping the camera, you know, flipping the phone around while you're running through your demo. Uh, but these days I've been doing a lot of work where I'm showing, you know, uh, working across multiple platforms. So sometimes I need to frame things and have uh, two two platforms in, in frame at one time and have, you know, one on a stand of some sort where I can interact with it. And, it, you know, I don't... I, I, maybe I should just use a tripod and that would be the solution, the hardware solution. But uh, oftentimes you just need to be able to move. And I think the other thing too is you need to be able to change focus. So you're basically maybe showing something in the foreground, sharp, something in the background, ever so cinematographer, cinema, whatever, cinema, cinema filish, cinema, cinematic. There's the word I'm looking for in the background. Um, So for that, having the second one makes a big difference. Um, uh, Having USB-C to be able to get these large files off directly is helpful, but You know, a big change that happens, I also use AirDrop all the time, and I always say that it's magic when it works. And there was this restriction that ended up being put on it for not you know usually it's by like i will accept random you know photos from people that are in my contact list and i don't want to open it for for regular people sometimes it's useful to do it you meet somebody at a conference you get some video hey can i have that or can i give it to you and it becomes a little bit tedious you have to teach people how to go into their settings to be able to do it and you know since the since the the <laughs> since the the chinese state authorities asked apple ever so kindly to to turn that off because dissidents were using it ...to pass information that now, even if you go through the trouble of making that setting, it only lasts for 10 minutes. iOS 17 uses the kind of proximity mechanism... I forgot the, the brand name of that, whatever. Uh, and But basically, if you bring your phone next to somebody within a certain range, then it says, yes, you're doing this purposefully, and we will enable the, the transfer to take place, even if you're not in contacts, even if you haven't made that setting. So that actually is a, a one of many changes, but the, one of those small things is like, oh, wow, that makes my entire workflow better. But I have one more complaint, um, and that is a, a, about Splice. I cannot 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 believe it that i switch phones and that all my project files for splice this video editor are no longer working and and I, I kind of uh, they're a software development organization that I have to respect just by how well their products work and they're sold on a subscription basis. And when this happened to me last time, I thought, OK, it must be some temporary thing. I'll live with it. Um, but now I can't understand how it could possibly be the case unless there's something about Apple's API that when you restore photos um, from from backup that their identifiers change because, you know, the the way that the photo library, you know, API works, is that you ask for an identifier, you can store that. Now, it, it, and I can imagine that if that map, if that thing disappeared, the, the actual identifier to the actual bits were to change when you upgrade a phone or switch a phone or restore a phone, that would be one thing. So maybe there's some reasonable excuse. I'm going to keep pulling on this because I can't understand how it could be the case. That drives me nuts. But I'm going to be calm now.
1: Yeah, I,
0: I, I don't
1: know the answer. To that. I would be surprised if that was the case, because wouldn't you? Yeah, you, know, I mean, mm-hmm. you would. You would have thought. You know, people have multiple devices and things stay in sync. and You'd have thought the identifier for any PH asset as the you know the photo library would be would would remain static between devices, and it's not using some other thing to identify. I, I could be totally wrong now. I don't do enough with uh, understanding how. You know, I, mean, I I do stuff with integrating with the photos library pretty regularly but I don't you know do enough to have to care about those those things and, and you know to, to know if they're going to change or not change but I'd be surprised if they were so yeah um, yeah well, it's I... uh, it's difficult to know I mean maybe yeah I it's maybe they copy the The photo into something, and therefore it's not there anymore because you want a new device. But then, no, they absolutely. There's
0: no way they could. It wouldn't at all be practical with the amount of video. Plus, if they did, it would. It would. Even if they did do that, I wouldn't want that to happen. I mean, my photo library has to stay constant. I'm. I'm going to stay on this. You know, action. Action News 10 is going to be on our listener's side on this one, Um, and that's listener apostrophe s, not listeners plural. Anyway.
1: Excellent <laughs> excellent, well, if anyone else out there knows, uh we'd love to hear, but i I got a feeling I do remember you saying this before about how how you love this software, but it pissed you off on phone change, so um i I either they don't think it's a problem and therefore are not working on it and to do other things or it's a problem they cannot solve yeah. um the, the first one is um. Uh, sad. The second one is
0: sad, but understandable. Right. Well, all right, Scotty. It's time for you to complain about the universe. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, no, I don't want to be on my bag again. But there we are.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm struggling this with John. I, I'm, I'm refactoring a bunch of stuff, uh, and, um, I'm, I'm. Refactoring as I go having to write unit tests to test the refactoring there's no unit tests in the existing code. One of the reasons to refactor is to make it more testable. It does some reasonably complex things it does a lot of batch things and really it's the the method by which any of it gets verified in QA is not acceptable um, because things will get messed and so really it does need to be thoroughly unit tested to. To at least have some uh, sense of, you know, not certainty. because I don't think you can get certainty on doing, but you know, there's some sort of assurance that you know, if there are if there are problems, they are very edge case and in whatever else, they're not within the normal scenarios that, that we're thinking of. These are. Tests that require quite a lot of data. Um, the whole the whole thing has been sort of uh, switched to be driven by protocols, so that uh, in testing you can basically create test structures that comply to the protocols. So uh, to, to to create yeah very specific, valid and invalid sets of data that you're probably not going to get in live data or, or real data that you can just develop in structs and not have to do with um, you know, with with a database called Ada or whatever database it is being used. And, you know, I totally agree with it. I totally think it's the right thing to do. It's already found a number of small problems that were in the old code that's been refactored. But... Writing unit tests is the dullest thing on earth. Yes, to it is. Do. And you know, I think probably this is what I'm looking at doing for the next you know couple of weeks. Uh, and not to, it's part of the refactoring, not just writing unit tests in a way. Maybe that long. And it's like, oh my word! You know, most of the time I love my job. Um, most of the time I really enjoy what I do. But this is just mind-numbing and the trouble is when something becomes mind-numbing is that's when you begin to make mistakes you start cutting pasting test data and saying i'll change this bit mm -hmm, i'll change that mm -hmm, bit mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you make a mistake and then things don't work and then you spend two days trying to fix it or even worse you don't notice the mistakes. So all that stuff you've just been justifying because you took your mind off the ball for a moment, you know, the game for a moment. You're just like, yeah. So anyway, so I am struggling at this week, John, to, to remain interested in my job, which <laughs> is sad, um, particularly when uh, this is for client work. Um, I need to get this done. So I'm focusing on the client work. Uh, the stuff i 'm doing in Moneywell at the moment, which is also rewriting a big chunk of the system using Swift UI and the stuff, is really interesting and i 've had to put that down to come and do this and it 's like oh, <laughs> I just want to cry well Scotty
0: I just I hate my job, I just want to cry isn 't this a use for generative AI yeah. <laughs> We
1: had uh, yeah, we had in our stand up this morning, you know the link got posted for writing unit tests with chat chat g p t and in there, but it's like, yeah,, yeah,
0: yeah. I think you yeah, it's amusing, but yeah it ain't working <laughs> well that that I mean, and that's 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 kind of what i uh, <laughs> there have been discussions about that in many developer circles and lots of different companies and and individuals' minds across the world. Um, so I was curious about that whether whether you'd actually tried um and and i i i my impression so far it's it's it it lulls you into something believing's like, oh, this is really great but then it makes a mistake, and you say oh, i've generated you know full coverage on tests on on, on these, these these classes that I wrote. Uh, but then, all of a sudden, you didn't. If you trusted it too much, didn't go over it yourself very, very carefully to you know discover the critical error that it might have made, then you're you're no better off. I do believe that over time, kind of this is probably a, a, a one of the first sweet spots for for generative code. Um, I could be wrong though. One of the problems you have is when you know if you're writing. Um,
1: if you're writing stuff in a very isolated environment where everything is under control all the time, um, you know you can you can you know make everything very yeah you, know, you can start generate everything with types make everything very very type safe, um, you know every property can be an enum or whatever you, you you choose to do to make it. There. The trouble is when you start dealing with data that is coming from different places, you know there's lots of Things like uh, yeah, in 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 reality, this this string will have something in it every single time, yeah. Uh, but uh, there's not, a lot of this code is to do with migrating users from one place to another mm-hmm. for, for certain reasons, and it's like yeah, okay, that is great. And 99 times out of 100, or 99,999 times out of 100,000, that's going to be true. But there is going to be a case out there where that is not true, and what happens to the whole process when that's not true? So understanding. You know, understanding the type of edge cases to test. Like, okay, this is a string. It's not a null string. It's an empty string. How does how does this thing respond to being given an empty string or whatever else? Because it's just a string. There's no context in it to what that string means. It might have meaning in other places, but in this case, you know, from the from the type itself gives no context to what it is. It's just a string, and it's it's a lot of it is about you know generating understanding what data to generate and why you're doing that why that's going to be a problem somewhere else because you know you might be migrating from you know data structure A to data structure B uh, but if you look at data structure A in isolation you've got no idea you know what the problems might b and a that will cause problems in b because uh, that's a business that's a, a business thing so you're making the decisions that i need to check that a doesn't have an empty string here or the numbers here are less than 200 or or whatever it might be because i know if that if it doesn't do that it will cause problems in in b and we want to make sure The unit tests aren't to ensure that the data is that. The unit tests are there to make sure that these things behave properly in the cases when they are wrong. So you're deliberately creating wrong data Mm -hmm. in order to create situations where you make sure things don't collapse. And I don't see how you can explain that easily to something to generate it all for you. If you just want to check that your class is, if you you put something in the string, you get the same thing out of the string. Yeah, totally. Totally. But also, I don't write those unit tests because they're fairly pointless. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, I, will test calc- I will test calculated properties, but I won't test stored properties, because why? 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 Right. I mean, if Swift doesn't keep a string in a string when you tell it to be a string, then something's wrong. <laughs> um, yes, sir. So, um, yeah, so anyway, it's uh, uh, it's just the going through, okay, what happens in this situation? And now I have to put together a bunch of data to test that because of the complexity of it you know that might be like generating you know 35 pieces of data in order to have that one piece wrong because this is a scenario i'm looking at and yeah i mean you can cut and paste in a way and you can do this stuff and because it's protocol driven you can set up all these nice test structures um but it's still got to be done and it still requires a little bit of a you know a business knowledge to do it an explanation around it Uh, Yeah, I said, I totally agree it's got to be done, and I totally understand why I'm doing it, and I totally accept I should be doing it,
0: but it doesn't mean I'm enjoying it. Yeah, well, I mean, it is a topic that is much discussed, and we'll continue, and it's like, you know where there will be some discussion on this topic uh, next week in Athens. I am returning to Athens for this 10th anniversary of Orange Grove. So I'll tell you all about it next week in Athens where I'll be coming to you live from Athens, assuming that you are giving me permission to exit the closet and and you yourself will will be around to do a recording. I'll be closer to your time zone. So I think that that could be interesting, but you know, there is a panel discussion um, uh, on a number of topics related to software development, product development, startup, uh, uh, startup, you know, scenes and whatnot. But you know, AI and all its incarnations uh, is, is, is on, the, on the discussion list next week. So I, I'm glad that we could have this so I could start um, uh, formulating some, some thought-provoking questions. So I'll be leading a panel on that. Excellent. Well,
1: John, you could have my dispensation to leave the panel next week. Okay. Not the panel. Leave the panel. Leave the closet
0: okay. next week. In order to, to the pan- appear live. You can't
1: leave the panel. Well, I guess you can leave the panel in order to appear live from Athens. But until then, you need to get back in your closet because um, <laughs> I only promised you thir- 30 minutes out of the closet. So um, <laughs> we should we should probably stick with that. So um, take your pants off and put them, get back in there or whichever way around it was we said earlier on. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, John... <laughs> If people wish to, if people wish to contact you in the closet, how could they do that?
0: <laughs> I should probably change my, change my handle, but actually, uh, just before I do say go, I, I will, I wanted to, to give a shout out to, to Stuart and Craig and Michael and, 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 and the person whose name shall not be revealed, but goes under heck J. Um, for for writing kind uh, kind words about our topic our our our, our kind of emotional topic at the end last year talking about suicide and its prevention um, so thank you from genuine thanks from last last episode John not last year I know it's been a while but it's we have been on oh this right year. sorry last episode right <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's okay um, so that's that's the thing and and uh, so you can find me on Mastodon where I am uh, Jembe at mastodon.social. Um, and also, you know, uh, if anybody's still, uh, if is on uh, threads, I'm there as John Fox, I see a little bit more discussion. It's gotten better. So, uh, you can find me in those two locations and Scotty, if people want to talk to you and, and tell you that you should, you know, be nicer to me and let me out of the closet more often than once every two weeks and for longer periods of time than a mere 30 minutes, how and where might they do that? Well, what they should do is they should make a video using their new iPhone 15
1: <laughs> Pro Max. They should burn it to DVD when they should mail it to me at... <laughs> or I expect next day delivery. Okay. <laughs> I, will, I will put it in the corner because I no longer own a single <laughs> device that could play it, but you can have the warm, fluffy feeling of knowing that I have received it. Or you could just contact me on Mastodon where I am, Scotty, at developer.social.
0: I think think that, you know, one last thought, you know, I always give you, uh, present you with feces. Uh, That's my polite way of saying giving you shit about being an East of But I think that what's the name of that famous band (laughs) that had an album with like five people on tractors instead of five people on the beach with surfboards with something with an M, the muzzies, the, the guzzles, the... You know what I'm talking about? The, the Wurzels? The Wurzels, there we go. So why can't
1: you... Be... I'll tell you what, John, that, that band from around here, they play here all of the time. I mean, I think a couple of them are dead now. But um, yeah, it's from like, excitement. yeah, you could see them on... And Choose any random pub in this area, you could probably see them on a Saturday evening Okay. for so the last, why... you know, three,
0: 352 years. Okay, so why can't you be Wurzel lover at, master, at tractor.ag or something like that? Because that was probably taken... In this time
1: many years ago okay fine
0: all right so that's all i've got <laughs> uh,
1: And for our american friends who've never uh, never heard of the Wurzels, i will uh, I, I will find a link for you but please don't hold it against me it's not my fault <laughs> and then, there we are well john it's been a pleasure to speak to you again this week and uh safe travels and we look forward to uh tuning in to athens next week where we will hear all about your exciting adventures So, uh, until then, thanks for listening,
0: and until next time... You take care. To avoid being run over by a tractor by a drunken musician. You
1: are... Thank you.